Welcome to the board game community show. I'm your host, Riley Stark. Join me as I get to know folks in this community. They could be designers or streamers, podcasters, YouTubers, publishers, whatever. Really anything with the nerve at the end of its title is welcome here on the board. Game Community Show 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 You usually, I guess you usually keep the swearing to non-existent minimum? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I, I tend to be a little blue with my language, so I, I figured I'd I figured I'd ask. So probably not too blue. Yeah, that maybe not too blue. Alright. Fair enough. Fair enough. I, I don't want to give the well, I was going to say the wrong impression, but that would actually be the right impression. <laughs> I don't want to give a bad impression. How about that? Uh, I'll, I'll do that. Really I'll, I'll shoot like for that. That blue in your streams or anything? No, I tend not to. I mean, people, uh, you know, I joke about it, but I, I usually keep it pretty clean on my I stream. Most people, most people tend, I mean, I, I think a lot of people in the hobby pro- lean a little conservative ish and or are family people or have kids around and. I just, I just don't ever want it to be an issue where they're like, oh, well, I can't listen to this guy anymore because, uh, you know, he's just dropping F-bombs every five seconds. So Yeah, it's really yeah. interesting. One of the – I remember listening to uh, – oh, who was it? It's like a big board game podcast, and now I'm blinking. But anyways, they would, like, drop F-bombs and stuff, and I was like, whoa. Like, I didn't realize the board game world was like this. It was one of the <laughs> earlier ones I listened to. Might have been Secret Cabal. That might have been. Well, wow. Well, because they're part of the Dice Tower Network, so I think uh, I think Uncle Tom makes them uh, keep it pretty clean. Okay. Yeah. I don't remember. Anyway, whatever it was, I was just like, it was one of the first things. But then ever since then, like, everybody else is nearly clean. Like, family friendly. Right. Keeps it family friendly because of the hobby, right? Like, Sure. I think, it- yeah. Yeah, I mean, because you want to keep it accessible. Everybody, it's something that, you know, everybody can kind of like get into. So you don't want to alienate any, you know, anybody. So I get it. I get it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I may have some of this as the intro. (laughs) Wow, fantastic. Well, why not? It's a fun little conversation about it. I've talked about it before, kind of Uh like how interesting it is. Like a lot of us swear off, off mic and stuff, but. Well, I mean, since we're on that topic, you know, I, I do a lot of work with uh, Mandy Hutchinson. If you want to talk about a blue streak, that lady has quite the blue streak. Oh, really? <laughs> You'd never think it because she's all, you know, hi, I'm Mandy Hutchinson, la, 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 you know, and, and uh, you know, flowers and sunshine. But my my God. <laughs> I was listening or I was watching one of your, your last video with her uh, doing track uh-huh. 12. Yeah, and she said something like "oopsie poopsie" or something to that effect. Poop-a-loop, yeah, that's her. That's her. Oh thing. yeah, poop a loop. That's what yeah. it was. And I was like, "Oh, what a teacher friendly!" Like, yeah, <laughs> she's a teacher, right? She is. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. That's her main thing. And it's funny because she's got me saying that now, which is totally against my. It's not my grade. It's just not my. Not something I would normally say. But I'm just like, man, 
Poopaloo. <laughs> it's such a good one. That's a yeah. great one. It's catchy. I mean, you know, I, I like alliteration. So, Same. You know, yeah. My thing that I say is shooty tooty. Okay. That's like, my, wow. Oh, shooty tooty. Like, that's, uh, that's my that's, family friendly swear, I guess. <laughs> hey, it works. It works. But if I don't have to be friendly, it's much worse. It's just a string of obscenities. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't really rhyme anything with the f word. I just kind of let it go. So that's the, the, when you're not worried about it, that's the great thing. You don't have to rhyme it with anything. It's just, yeah. kinda, it, just it stands on its own two feet. <laughs> Otherwise, we're saying things like poop a loop and uh, yeah, tooty fruity or whatever the hell you Judy tooty. There you go. There you go. Uh, what I need to do is start working it alphabetically, like. Make it so that it all just flows alphabetically. That would be a great way to swear. It would be. It would be. It would be. You just got to find. Just got to find really good, uh, you know, replacements. You know, things that are, you know, socially acceptable, but uh, you know, still have that that same uh, that same oomph. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, welcome back to the board game community show. <laughs> <laughs> Starting off with a with a fun little topic here. Yeah. Uh, today we've got David, who is the eclectic camel, not electric camel. That differentiation is important, but uh, yes, that is me. Hello, everybody. <laughs> I remember for the first month I followed you, I think, I kept thinking like electric, electric. And then one day I was I read it closer and it clicked and I was like, what the? Did he yeah. change his name? No, I just misread. Yeah, you know, I get I get electric camel so often that one of my emotes on Twitch is an electric camel. Um, he, you know, he's holding like Thor's hammer, and there's like electricity building around him. Ah, wonderful. Yeah, uh, I was like, I get electric camel so often. Like, I need something. You know, every time somebody calls me that, so I can throw it out there and be like, electric camel. You know, and I don't know. <laughs> it's kind of metal. I dig it. Yeah, that is really yeah. cool. Are you into metal music? No, 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 oh, okay. not at all. <laughs> <laughs> no, not I, I, I appreciate the energy, but uh, you know, sometimes it's just it just fits. But uh, it, no, not 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 in general cases, not really. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. I, I get that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, let's start with some basic questions. Sure. The norm. Uh, yeah. You know, we've already done not norm stuff, so. That's usually my vibe, so... Yeah, yeah. (laughs) I like it. This is going to be a fun interview, I can tell already. (laughs) (laughs) And that's important. That's what people want to hear. Yeah. So, the first question, and I totally know what it is, it hasn't been weeks since I've done an interview because I'm remodeling. Right. Is, how'd you get into board gaming? Oh, wow. Um, Well, back in 2006... (laughs) 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 Um... Uh, I'll 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 keep this short, but yeah, it, it was around 2006 or seven when I got into the hobby. Uh, before that, I was into CCGs as a playtester for uh, Decipher. Um, me and a couple of buddies, uh, they actually worked for the company, and they'd be like, "Hey, do you want to be a playtester?" Which really just meant, "Hey, come playtest, you know, some of this stuff, and you'll get free product." And I was like, "Yes!" I mean, early twenties, like that was that was awesome for me. I was like, "Yes, that's amazing!" So. Uh, I would, you know, I'd go in and do that. And, you know, I learned a lot about like, you know, game design at that point, um, which, you know, I'm, I'm sure that'll come up later, but sort of influences a lot of the way I feel about the games that I play now. 
but, you know, those guys ended up not working for the company anymore, and they sort of moved into board games and sort of brought me along. Um, you know, some of the early ones that I played, you know, Ticket to Ride, just like everybody else, but uh, also stuff like, you know, St. Petersburg and uh, Last Night on Earth and, you know, a lot of other, you know, really cool, uh, really cool games. And I'm like, wow, this is amazing. But, um, yeah, I, I've, I've loved gaming my whole life. I remember at like six, just, you know, just wrecking adults at Clue. And I'm like, yes. <laughs> so, yeah, ever since then, I've just had the bug. I just, I, I love gaming. I love video games and, you know, board games and RPGs and just, you know, anything you could throw at me. If it, if it has a mechanism I can kind of look at and study and appreciate and, and get into, or, uh, you know, a theme that I enjoy, just, I, I, I love it. It's good stuff. Yeah, I totally feel you. It's yeah. just fun to nerd out about that stuff. Absolutely. So, it, oh, go ahead. You know, I've always, you know, because of you know how I started before I got into you know board games, I've always kind of considered myself like a student of design. So because of that, like I want to play like everything. People are like, you know, what kind of what kind of game is your favorite? I'm like, I don't care. Like I just want to. Sometimes even if it's something that I'm not particularly interested in. I just want to see it in action just to see how it works, to see if it works or to see how I interact with it or how other people interact with it. Um, I just, I find that like really fascinating, I guess. But I mean, not that like fun is like secondary to it, but it, it almost <laughs> is in a way. It's like, I, okay, I want to just as an academic exercise, I want to see how this plays out, um, you know, with me and the other, you know, the other person or other people playing this game and, you know, kind of evaluate it from there. But, um yeah that's sort of my basic approach to the hobby i guess that ties into what i was gonna ask uh, have you done any sort of design like uh, uh game design yeah. or anything you know a lot of the early stuff was you know ccgs which is very like math head kind of design because there's always you always have to keep everything balanced everything has to be balanced like there's values on everything um and you know, when I'm playing a game, it's almost like, you know, in the Matrix, like once he sort of realizes like he's the one or maybe he's not anymore. I don't I didn't understand this last movie at all, but that's another. <laughs> watch it, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was like, what? Anyways, another topic for another day. Um, you know, he, he realizes he's the one and like, you know, he starts to see like all the code and stuff uh, in the Matrix. You know, a lot of games are like that. It's like, oh, OK, I kind of see what they're doing here. But, you know, everything kind of like boils down to values. And I think one thing that's kind of kept me from designing a game is. I'm not particularly good at math. Uh, so I, I feel like a lot of that balance exercise, a lot of that ability to put values on things and kind of keep everything roughly in balance. I don't know if I'd really be good at that necessarily. Um, that said, I do have like a hundred ideas in my head for things that I would love to design at some point, but do it. Um, <laughs> yeah. I, you know, I, I keep seeing, you know, the it's really interesting the way things have changed over, you know, since I started, you know, when I, I first got into the hobby, like at that point, like nobody was ever saying, you know, oh, you should design something. But now everybody's like a designer. I, I, and I don't say that I don't say that in a like a derogatory way, like, you know, oh, oh another freaking designer, you know, <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, you know, back in the, you know, 10 years ago, like, you know, every every mom, like soccer mom with a, a camera was suddenly a photographer. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> You know, I don't, I don't say it in that in that way, but it's like you know, so many people are are actually designing games now, and it's like, 
you know, it's one of, you know, listening to your podcast, like it's always one of your early questions or, you know, mid somewhere in there. It's like, have you ever designed a game or thought about designing? And it's, it's completely turned around. And so maybe, I don't know, maybe, maybe I should, maybe I should, I don't know, but, uh, I'll do a rolling right. I mean, how hard is that? Right. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It's gotta be easy, right? (laughs) Yeah. It's gotta be easy. I mean, you roll some dice, you know, it's fine. Yeah. It's fine. There's no math in that or balancing. (laughs) It's, It's actually interesting. Some people, I remember somebody was like obsessing and I'm I'm in a design guild here in Utah. So they were like obsessing about balancing two factions and somebody just popped in and said like, you don't necessarily have to like get it so that it functions, start playing it that way and see if somebody can figure out how to do it for you. Because when people start going and play testing it for you, they're going to be like, Ooh, I really like this idea. Or they might be able to, game the system in some way that that you didn't realize and and i think of a lot of games kind of that way you know like uh there's definitely characters or especially in asymmetric games that or factions or whatever it is that are way stronger and you're like that's the cheat faction or like oh that's the easy mode faction yeah but i mean but it's like that's part of figuring out how to play it and game it and it's an interesting concept, but there's definitely has to be a balance, but I don't think you have to be worried too much about not being mathy. Yeah. I mean, somebody is always going to kind of like break your system anyway. Right. I mean, you can assign values to things, but they're not always going to hold true when somebody else gets their hands on it. And uh, it's like, Oh, you thought we'll just say silver just as a gen- you know, general resource is worth this much. Uh, it's actually, you know, a lot more overpowered than you thought and people going, you know, into money strategy or killing the game. And it's like, Oh man, who knew? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But yeah, no, it's definitely play testing is super important. And, um, I'm, I'm glad to see that, uh, the emphasis is sort of coming back on that because I know, you know, when we were sort of like in the, the, the peak of Kickstarter, I think we're kind of coming down a little bit off of it, but you know, we, during like the peak of it, everybody was just throwing their game on Kickstarter. Oh yeah. We tested properly. And it was just like, Hey, just buy my game. I had two people try it once. So, <laughs> and I, I'm glad to see like, it's kind of getting away from that. Like I'm seeing a lot more people, you know, they're putting this stuff on, um, you know, tabletop, you know, simulator, although mm, that's sketchy these days yeah. or, you know, tabletopia or, you know, something of that regard, just, uh, you know, a tool that we can use to, you know, have people play test these things before they hit market. Yeah, it's incredible. It's yeah. I stopped using tabletop simulator because of everything. And right. I, I, Zoe Allred has been on the show. So mm-hmm. it's like, I, I just can't, I can't support right. it. So tabletop.gg is a good one. I think she recommends. Okay. So that for listeners. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But, and protospiel today or yesterday, this week, announced that for the next protospiel online they won't be using TCS at all. I saw that. And so they're and they're actually going to be putting like money and time and effort in improving the other ones to help like boost them and lift them up to be mm-hmm. more accessible and and get to that level where TTS was, which I'm just like, "Oh, protospiel, that is so awesome of you to like yeah. throw the support into the community and like back, you know, there's so many especially short notice, you can't change your online event and be like, Hey, we're not going to use TTS. 
You have yeah, three weeks I, to change. <laughs> you know, TTS has kind of been the standard for such a long time. I've always actually preferred Tabletopia anyway. So whenever something hits Tabletopia, I'm like, yes. Because yeah. uh, every time I've had these tabletop simulators, it's been a disaster. Um, That's fair. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I mean... Uh, Mandy and I have tried a few, uh, a, a few streams and, you know, for anybody who doesn't know, I, I stream with Mandy Hutchinson once a week on uh, Tuesdays on her YouTube channel, um, to die for little, games, right? To die for games. Uh, although that is soon going to be salt and sass games. Um, uh, her and Suzanne are, you know, wrapping up with the dice tower. Uh, their last episode of the podcast was actually this week or was released this week. Uh, so they're trying now that they're no longer doing that. They want to keep doing content together. Um, so they are spinning off into Salt and Sass. They already had the Twitch channel Salt and Sass, which they did like a lot of their live streaming from. Um, but now they're including her old YouTube channels, basically being repurposed and changed to Salt and Sass. Because oh, wow. I think I think a lot of the people that she started that YouTube channel with aren't around anymore. Uh, or they're not doing it. So it's like, well, it, to die for games is basically just her now anyway. Um, <laughs> you know, and me once a week. So, yeah. Which uh, you both, I think, are quite charming to watch. I think you guys have a good <laughs> rapport and a good back and forth. I really enjoy watching you two. You know, I, I really had a lot of, uh, what would you call it? I guess like imposter syndrome when we first got started because... You know, she's very established in in the industry and the hobby. Like, Mandy's been around for such a long time doing, you know, even before, you know, they were doing the Dice Tower podcast for several years. And she was doing, like, you know, her own content and other Dice Tower stuff prior to that. So I'm going to say she's been around for maybe short of 10 years. I'm going to guess somewhere, like, in the the seven to eight year span she's been making content, which is, yeah, which is amazing, right? Yeah. Um, so, you know, when we start first started just, you know, being friends, it was strictly just playing video games. Uh, she just put it out there. She's like, hey, I'm playing this stuff on Game Pass. Does anybody have an Xbox? I'm like, I have an Xbox. And so we started playing video games. And so, you know, we'd, you know, me, her and uh, this this uh, third guy, Brian, uh, who's also streamed with us a few times on the Twitch channel. Um you know, we would we would play, you know, Destiny 2 or Halo or like all these other shooters and just have a great time. And uh, it got to the point where she had talked about where she was having issues playing games uh, for content. And I was like, well, I, I felt I, I felt I was like, oh, man, should I even say it? I was like, well, you know, if you need somebody to play, you know, board games with, I'm I'm happy to I'm happy to jump in. And I'm just thinking like, you know, behind the scenes, like something over like BGA or, you know, Tabletopia, like, you know, not on camera that wasn't you know was that wasn't really ever my intention and she's like all right great i have a stream i gotta do next week let's do uh burgle bros 2 on the release and the designer's gonna be in chat and i'm like oh god and that was our very first stream <laughs> that is so awesome and yeah. that's a good one though tim is like incredibly nice so he's super nice yeah he was yeah. really cool and he was very helpful and uh and I was so nervous though. And it was funny to go back and I watched it again because uh, I think we hit our anniversary like in January or something like that. So I wanted to go back and watch the first one. I'm like, Oh, I was so nervous. <laughs> <laughs> I oh, almost watched it today. Oh, awesome. Cause I was painting and then uh, my wife came out and hung out with me instead. So I didn't get to watch the first one. Gotcha. 
I, I think it's still pretty good. I think it holds up. There's a there's a lot of good banner in there, but I can definitely tell that I've gotten more at ease. Like we definitely we definitely have like a really good like rapport. I mean, she's almost like a almost like a sibling in a way, just the way that we kind of have like that, you know, easy kind of like back and forth um, with what we do. I, I feel like I'm kind of like, you know, one of my, I mean, we're all kind of like our own like biggest critics, right? Right. So for me to go back and watch and be like, okay, that works. That works. That's pretty good. (laughs) (laughs) I I think says something. So yeah, hopefully, hopefully more people watch. I know a lot of people have been like, you know, well, we know her, but who's this guy? He calls himself a camel. What's that all about? <laughs> what is that kid? all about? What is that all about? Well, my last name rhymes with camel. Um, so, you know, in, in third grade, it, well, my, my last name is Hamel, right? So in third grade, they always called me like Hamel the camel. It was something they taught me with. Hamel the camel has <laughs> three humps. Hamel the camel has oh, three humps. No. <laughs> Wait, is that a real thing? Did they really- that was a real thing. That, yeah, they, they would sing that and taught me with it. And uh, I was like, you know what? I'm going to take ownership of this. I'm going to take camel back. And I've always liked the way, like, I always like the word eclectic because it means um, just sort of like knowledge from a variety of sources. And I feel like I've kind of had my my fingers in a lot of different pies just over the years and, um, you know, gone through, you know, a lot of different things. And I was like, eclectic camel sounds great. I mean, it's not, it's almost alliteration because you, but. There's a lot of like, you know, C consonants in there, but uh, yeah, I've always liked the way it sounds together. Although now people just call me electric camel and I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I like eclectic camel better. Well, I appreciate that. I get that. I appreciate yeah. that. Yeah. I uh, do. Oh, my thought train just ran away from me. I understand that completely. Oh, how, how long have you done eclectic camel, I guess? Um, so, you know, the Twitch thing was, well, I've, I've been streaming on Twitch, uh, under, under Eclectic Camel for almost a year and a half, a couple, a couple months short of a year and a half. I think it was like November of 2020 or somewhere in that ballpark. Um, I, I'm kind of what I would refer to as a COVID streamer. It's like who was streaming before COVID who started streaming because of COVID. Yeah. And, uh, I definitely started streaming because of COVID. Um, and, uh, you know, there's, there's been like a lot of, you know, bumps and pauses and, and stuff like that, but, um, man, I've learned a lot and I've met, you know, so many great people, uh, doing it. Um, definitely wouldn't, uh, wouldn't change it. Uh, I, I'm, I'm certainly, you know, looking at changing how I, how I do it. I mean, there's always like that learning process, right? Like, I mean, even I'm sure like with you and your podcast, like it's sort of, you know, grown and evolved and it's going to keep you know, growing and evolving in, into a way that, you know, works better and is, um, you know, more efficient for you. And it's kind of the same for me. It's like, how can I be a better streamer? How can I present content? How can I like put my voice out there in a way that's, um, heard. And sometimes that's hard because there's a lot of people out there, you know, doing content and that's certainly something that's changed. Something else has changed, you know, since I've gotten into it, like, you know, we used to just have, you know, dice tower, we had, you know, Rado and like a couple other people, and uh, there weren't as quite as many voices. And now there's like tons of voices, which is great because, you know, there's definitely the thing that I like the most about where we are now is that we are seeing better representation of who's actually in the hobby um, versus I'll just say a bunch of old, old guys, <laughs> <laughs> old white guys, maybe even. Yeah. Old, yeah, old white guys. Yeah. 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 It's I love seeing all the 
diversity coming out. And it's so cool. I'm, I'm, my wife will come to like design meetings with me or game nights or game things. And mm-hmm. so many times she's the only girl there. Mm-hmm. And she says like, it's so uncomfortable coming and just being the only female there. Like, yeah. Is, is this just a boys club? And I'm like, I promise it's not, but like, it just happens to be here. And we have a couple of females in the, in the guilds that design and stuff, but they just happen to not be at those meetings. Yeah. You know, when I was, when I was first getting into this, one of the first groups that I went to, I would say there were actually more females than there were males. Really? Yeah. So at that time, if you had asked me, I'd have been like, Oh yeah, it's about 50, 50. But now that I've kind of gotten away from that and you know, you go to your local, you go to your local game store, you typically see a lot of white dudes sitting around playing, you know, magic or whatever. Yeah. I'm making I'm not making fun of anybody who does that. Magic's great. Yeah. But and that um, like funds our board game stores really. Like Right, absolutely. If it wasn't for Magic the Gathering, I don't know if board gaming would have gone as far as it has. Yeah. <laughs> uh, because it's kept a lot of stores open, uh, you know, dirt especially during like COVID. Um that uh, you know may not have been able to stay open otherwise because the profit margin on board games I can't imagine is very great. Yeah, I mean yeah, you know, great. especially considering like you know you know Magic takes up such a, a relatively small amount of space, whereas like you know board games just you know boom they take up you know way more. So yeah, just anybody who's still willing to sell board games physically in a store, hats off to you. I appreciate you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm going to try and do some minimum editing and put this out tomorrow. Cool. Maybe. We'll see if that works. <laughs> A week later. Hey, I just... <laughs> yeah, it might. I don't know. We'll see. So uh, with the stream, like mm-hmm. I always try and think of good questions for streamers. And usually it's like, oh, what's what's it like if nobody's there? You know, like you, you just talk to yourself. But I have a different question for you. Sure. What's it like when you have a bad apple in your your chat? Ugh, okay, I've I've had experiences with this. Um, you know, one of the first ones that comes to mind, uh, me and my friend Herbert. Uh, actually, when you know, when I first started streaming, it was really me and my friend Herbert playing Marvel Champions on camera. That was like the main thing I wanted to do. I was like, you know, hey, we're playing this once a week over. Um, Google Meet anyways, which is, you know, Google's equivalent to Zoom, if you're not familiar with it. Um, we're playing this once a week anyway. Why don't we just take this and, like, you know, stream it? And then people can watch if they're interested, you know, like, you know, whatever. And uh, so Marvel Champions was a huge part of the channel for a while. But before I figured out, like, nobody really wanted to watch it, unfortunately. I watched <laughs> it. <laughs> did you? Yeah, I okay. did. I don't think I ever caught you live, but I would watch the, you know, video afterwards. Uh, you know, I've heard that a lot and I'm like, man, I, I've been wanting to bring it back to the channel because of that reason, like, cause a lot of people said that it's like, oh yeah, we never watched live, but you know, we, we catch it afterwards. And I'm like, oh man, I, you know what I probably should have been doing. And this is a little off, ta- off topic, but you know, taking those and maybe putting them on YouTube, um, instead of just leaving them as like VODs on Twitch, but yeah, anyway, it's definitely I, a lot I, more helpful. Yeah. I digress. So, <laughs> Live so and learn. You know, yeah. One time where I'm doing like a deck build, I, I think it was just, no, Herbert was there. I was doing a deck build for, 
Uh, I think we were about to start one of the campaigns. It was, um, I think it was that first one, the Red Skull one. And we were doing, I think we were going to do, this is over a year ago, so bear with me. Um, I, I don't remember which character it was, so it, not relevant. Uh, actually, no, we were going to do Ant-Man and Wasp for that campaign. Oh, nice. I was doing Wasp and he was doing Ant-Man. So I'm putting my deck together and um, I was doing an aspect I didn't really want to do, to be honest, because uh, I love Justice. And um, yeah, he'd already taken Justice. and I'm like, crap. I'm like, all right, well, let me see what I could do with uh, do with this. I think it was either protection or leadership or something. And I'm kind of fumbling through because I don't know it as well. And there was a guy in chat who also streams it uh, occasionally. I I don't know if he's still around, honestly, because I haven't really seen him. But at the time, he was streaming. And, you know, he was, like, laughing and, like, mocking a lot of the choices that I was making. And I'm like, I was like, don't do this while I'm live. You know what I mean? Like, if you want to come back and be like, or, or at least do it constructively, like he wasn't really being constructive. He'd say things like, oh my God, that's like literally the worst card of the game, which wasn't true, but <laughs> just, you know, stuff like that. I'm just like, man, get out of my chat with that nonsense. Yeah. It, it's oh, it's so awkward to deal with that live because you have to stop what you're doing. You have to make everybody else uncomfortable um and zero out this one person which you don't want to do like I, nobody nobody streams to like call people out you know what i mean right nobody nobody streams to be somebody's dad for <laughs> or mom or whatever for like five <laughs> seconds and it's like look you don't talk to people like this and so i put them in i think i just put them in timeout for the rest of that stream oh, nice. and i came i came back to him you know later and i was like look you know you're a cool guy because I'd, I'd only had good interactions with him prior to this I was like, but you, you can't like you can't be mocking us while we're on stream. Like I wouldn't do that to you. It's just it's rude and I don't appreciate it. Uh never heard back from him, so I was like, all right, well, that's that. Yeah. Yeah. That, it's just like common decency. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> don't disrupt the channel. Yeah. You know, a lot of um, a lot of like your your big like video game streamers will even have a, a tag on there that says no backseating, meaning like don't tell me how to play the video game, basically. And yeah, it, I've used I've actually used that a lot with certain like ga- you know board games. Just uh, you know don't don't backseat the experience. Like you can talk, we can have a conversation, but don't try to take it over and make it yours. This is this is what we're doing. And, you know, please be a part of it, but, you know, don't try to take it over or make it, I don't know, make it different. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. You're playing and right. it's just fun to have that community. Like, I think that's one of the, I, streaming is the thing I get to watch the least, especially, li- well, live at least. I don't uh, think it's really caught on yet, but. Really? Yeah, I mean, there's definitely a lot more people doing it, and certainly since COVID has become more of a thing. Yeah, but I I feel like a you know, good a great example is uh, you know Rado, one of the the big heavyweights. Um, he's made the transition from streaming live on YouTube to streaming on Twitch. I think he honestly, I think he's only did it because he figured out he could monetize it a lot easier <laughs> than he could YouTube. This is just facts. I mean, yeah. it's easier to you know pull money, and that's. YouTube hasn't really figured out how to replicate that experience without looking like they're doing like exact like ripoffs. A uh, great example is uh, on Twitch. Something you can do is if something happens and whether you're the, you know, the content creator or you're a viewer, 
you can clip something that happens that you think is, you know, funny or, you know, somebody starts singing a song or like a silly dance or something like that. You can clip that and it's like part of their thing. You can actually do that on YouTube now. Um, but it just looks like a direct, it looks like they're just trying to rip off the Twitch experience without, you know. <laughs> Imitation. It's the greatest form of flattery, right? Well, it's right. something that works. Right, right. So why not steal that? Yeah, you, you know what? I, I yeah, I kind of wish there was like a really another you know outlet for people that do want to stream live, and certainly people do things live on on YouTube. I'm I'm a big fan of uh, Heavy Cardboard. I don't know if you're familiar with them or not, but I'm not. Um, they do heavier board games, uh, and he'll always he'll do them live, and he always does a really great teach before a game. And in fact, if I need to learn a game that's a little bit heavier, a lot of times I'll go to their channel to see if they've done it first. Uh, and then I'll just, I won't watch the whole thing, but I'll watch the teach just so I can kind of get a grasp of, um, you know, what's happening. Cause, uh, Edward is the main guy. He does a really great job, um, of, uh, doing that. Cool guy. So that's awesome. I'll have to check it out. I yeah. need to learn a heavy game next week. So have to see if awesome. they cover it. Yeah. Um, More than likely. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, let's see. Yeah. Uh, just the community aspect is my favorite part of the streaming. Like, it makes me wish that I had more time to go on there and chat with people. Like, um, well, the other day I got to watch, uh, oh, what's her name? Brain in a Jar. Yeah. And that was really fun to, like, be there. And Johnny was there, you know, like, they streamed together and, and be able to, like, chat with them and then chat with chat. Like, it's not like you're just interacting with the person streaming. You're interacting right. with, like, the whole community that they've brought together. Right. And while they're talking about one thing, you're still watching and listening and, and loving it. And then you're talking about something else with other people in chat because there's that huge, that 30 second chat delay. And right. <laughs> yeah, no, Brian jar is great. I've had her on the channel a few times. It's been a little while, but, uh, we've, we played a few things. Nice. And, um, uh, she got us killed in forgotten waters. Actually. That was, that's a great memory. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> Have you played forgotten waters? Uh-uh. Oh, you should. It's so much fun. It, it, I think one of my, when I was looking back at like everything I did last year on my channel, my favorite memory was having uh, Herbert, his wife, a friend of mine, and Mandy, and we were all playing. And it's like, this is like a story-driven game. Um, and you know, because of technical issues, uh, there's an app that you use through the website. And so it does a lot of the voice acting and, and stuff like that. And it's really great, but I couldn't get it to – they couldn't hear it. The, the chat could hear oh. it. The, it was, they could hear it on the stream, but the other guests couldn't hear it. And so I ended up having to read everything and I was doing voices and all this other like really <laughs> silly stuff. And uh, yeah, a lot of, I, that was like my, it was so stressful, but like that was my favorite thing I did last year. Uh, it was so much fun. It's, you know, it's a, it's a pirate theme, kind of a story game where um, the, the game, I don't want to say the game is like non-existent, but the game isn't the important thing. You, you make certain choices and, you know, you're going to do, you know, ship to ship fights. You're going to fight a Megalodon or you're going to fight Cthulhu and get absolutely destroyed, probably. <laughs> um, you know, but you have like this little story thread that you're following uh, to, you know, the conclusion. And uh, it's such a great time. I don't know if you're well, you do the bunkers of badasses thing, right? Yeah. Yeah. That yeah, will start so, this Tuesday. Everybody. Awesome. So airing. 
I, uh, you know that uh, that new Tiny Tina's game is coming out very soon. So oh, I've been playing. Yeah. I've been playing that DLC again with the uh, what is it? The Assault on Dragon Keep. Dragon Keep. Yeah, yeah. I, I was playing that the other day, and I'm like, oh, good stuff. Did you get the like standalone? Uh, I did. I did it foolishly because I didn't realize it was just the standalone version of the game I already had. So I was like, oh, I just spent that bucks on this. Well, supposedly there's a couple of changes in there. Like um, there's small changes that right. aren't in the original, but I'd, I'd be interested to see if I could spot them if I played it. The Well, the issue was like you started like level one. So, oh, yeah. Like the early, like you can't hit the broad side of a barn because like the weapon sway early on is so bad. And, uh, you know, I got skeletons running at me and my pistols just doing this. And I'm like, oh my God, <laughs> it was a little, it was a little arduous to, uh, actually get in the, the first little, you know, section there, but I've been kind of making my way. Yeah. And I'm, and I'm like, man, I wish I could just do this on my, God, I don't even remember what level I was at when I stopped playing Borderlands 2, but. Uh, it was up there. You're like level 70 or whatever. Yeah, 60. yeah. Yeah. Something like that. 80. Ah. Right. That's my most played game ever, so. Oh, same. Uh, Borderlands 2 is freaking legendary. And, yeah. you know, 3 had some cool gameplay things, but it just didn't hit the same notes, uh, I thought, in terms of, like, the story and, same. you know, the humor and the characters just weren't nearly as compelling, I thought, but... um. Yeah, two is just it's easily if it's not my favorite, you know, video game of all time. It's probably it's in my top five somewhere. Yeah, it's yeah. my top one. That's it. The end. <laughs> I'll play Borderlands two anytime. <laughs> That's fair. That's and fair. I love Borderlands three as well. Like I love the gameplay of it. Like yeah, it's fun. There's some two is stronger, but I also right. like pre sequel as well. Number one is kind of rubbish, but. Yeah, one had his moments. One also had some weird glitches. I remember uh, the guy with the bird, uh, Mordecai. Um, you know, sometimes you'd like you launch the bird at somebody, and it would just get stuck, and yeah, it wouldn't. He like, couldn't use it. I'm like, this is horrible. Yeah, and you'd have to like leave the area and then come back, and right. Yeah, it, it, you know, when you think about it, it's amazing. When like, going back and playing one, it's amazing they ever got to make two in the first place. Because it's like not that one was not a bad game by no. any any stretch. Um, I remember, I don't think I quite got like a hundred percent on, it, but I played a lot of it. You know, you know, back in the day, but it didn't really stick with me. And I was like, wow, they're making another one. Okay, I'll give it a <laughs> shot. And I was like, this is hilarious. Like that game is so funny. Yeah. Uh good no, stuff. I went to midnight releases for both one and two. Okay. And- so and we loved it. We played number one all the time, but it's like in hindsight, like right. number one, I we finished playing all the DLC and and I was like, I'm good. You right. Know, that, that was really fun and funny moments. And the DLC was way stronger than the full game. But I did some yeah. of the DLC for the first one, but not a lot. Like I don't think I ever did um I did do the I the island of Dr. Zed or yeah. Ned or whatever it was. But I didn't do the claptrap one, like the assassin claptrap or yeah. something. I don't know what it's called. Like that. Oh no, no, yeah, no. Yeah. That's the the clap the robolution. Okay, something like that. Claptrap robolution. Yeah. Anyways, <laughs> that one was Good okay. Stuff. I thought it was fun. You got to kill right, a right. bunch of claptraps. 
<laughs> well, I mean, there's definitely value to that because, you know, who doesn't want to shoot some claptraps? Yeah, but the zombie yeah. one was the strongest one. There were so many, like, hilarious moments in that where, like, you're right. waiting for the elevator and they're just saying, like, slowest elevator ever, you know? Like, <laughs> Uh, and they just like call out the tropes and you know classic right. video game tropes of like oh you've got to wait for this thing oh you have to collect all of these things oh sucks to be you and and I like that like kind of meta of being like video games huh <laughs> right yeah it you know the thing about one uh, and really you know when the time it came out there wasn't really anything else like it like we didn't have the term looter shooter at the time it was yeah. kind of like the first time we had a first person shooter game that was kind of like Diablo and that you're, you know, constantly doing like that loot grind and, you know, killing stuff and getting better weapons and, you know, leveling up and getting better abilities and stuff like that, like is kind of, you know, the, the big appeal of, you know, the Diablo games. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. But first person shooter, but you know, now we actually have a name for it and uh, there are other games similar, but yeah, nothing's ever beat to, and I don't know if it ever will, but yeah, uh, good stuff. Anyways, sorry, I you get me on Borderlands. I get so excited. <laughs> <laughs> it's like my big passion. <laughs> why, why, okay, well, that's right. I mentioned that because um, you know, uh, Forgotten Waters, very story. Okay. You know, if you like if you like story based games, it's one of the best story based games I've ever played. It's definitely my favorite pirate game, um, and uh, I, I highly recommend it. It, it. In fact, if you ever want to play it, I will totally run it. And it'll be a uh, it'll be a great time. Nice. Uh, I might take you up on that. Yeah, they have a because they have this remote app. Plat Plat Hat was like they were ready. I don't know how they got ready so fast, but um, they have an app to where only one person needs to own the game. Uh, everybody else playing, uh, like you know, over your Zoom meeting or your you know Google Meet or whatever, um, they just need like a sheet of paper, like one of the pirate sheets, which you can print off the website. Uh, they need like two dice, like two, I think it's like D10s or D12s or something and like a pen and like, that's it. Wow. Yeah. That's easy. Um, yeah. And I think like some tokens to track a few other things, but I mean, there's easy ways of doing that. Um, but yeah, it's, but yeah, so only one person needs to actually own the game and everything else is just run through the app. I've actually gotten to the point where I don't even want to like use all the physical components of the game anymore. I just, even if I ran it here, I think I would just run everything through the app and just kind of have it on a screen or something uh, just because it's, it's that easy to do. And you have to have, you have to have the website up anyway, in order to do like all the, all the voices and input all your choices and all of that stuff too. So why not put, you know, have another tab up and, you know, do all the other, uh, you know, bookkeeping stuff. Yeah. Makes sense. I, I really want to try it. I think that I remember looking at the cover art and thinking that looks really intriguing. Yeah. Art for me is a big draw into any game. Like some back in the day, I used to buy albums like music CDs, mm -hmm. right? Just based on the cover art. No idea oh, who sure. the band was just like, right. Yeah, I'm going to buy this. I like this cover. <laughs> Got some real yeah. stinkers and some real winners in that. <laughs> Man, covers. You, know, you talk about covers. Like it's a like, you know, cover art when I started, and like cover art now is yeah. just you know light years, light years different in, in board gaming. Um, yeah, like I almost want to do like my a, a top ten list of uh, you know favorite board game covers because there's just so many to to point out and enjoy. 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's crazy how cool that is. Like, my brother-in-law was saying, man, I wish I could just do art for for the, for the board games or something. Like, people would pay me to do this. And I was like, you can. Just, yeah. like, get involved in the community and for sure. do it. <laughs> I mean, if he wants to kind of start off small, um, I mean, there's so many indie board I mean, we were just talking earlier. Like, everybody wants to, a lot of people want to design now. They want, they're kind of starting at you know, a certain level. So, you know, if, if they can kind of find somebody else who wants to do art in the industry, but maybe isn't Beth Sobel, you know, uh, um, Ian O'Toole and right. You know, tool there. Oh, there's that other guy's name. I, I'm going to completely butcher it, but, um, oh, I'm not even going to try, uh, Asian fellow, uh, Quanchai. Um, Oh, I don't, I don't want to butcher it. Like I, I try to be very respectful of names, so yeah. I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to butcher it, but uh, he just like he just posted recently. They did his 100th uh, board game oh, cover. Yeah, I saw that on Twitter. Yeah, like he's done like Cryptid and Under Falling Skies and a lot of these other things, and like he's so good. But um, yeah, anyways, my point with that was <laughs> if he doesn't want to, you know, hire you know somebody who's you know very established and well known, uh, it's good to find somebody who wants to kind of get in but doesn't necessarily have all the um, experience yet. Yeah. The yeah. tricky part is money, right? Like, right for me, like I hired him to do my artwork for the Borderlands podcast, mm-hmm. and I pay him. Like, and I'm paying. I he's family. He's my brother-in-law, right. so he's like, "Well, I'll give you a good rate." And so I bumped up his. Like, he sent me the bill, and I bumped up the pay because I'm like, "Nah, dog, I want to pay you what you're worth." Right. And even still, I feel like I'm shorting you because the art's amazing and. You know, like I had so many little things I had to change and he's a pro at it. But anyways, yeah. I definitely wasn't implying you should shaft them, but yeah, for sure. Yeah, no. (laughs) Pay them what they're due, 100%. 100%. That's the hard part, though, is that so many people are like, well, you'll get paid in exposure or, oh, you'll get paid when the Kickstarter funds. And it's like, no, no. No, you got to pay for that art. That art is getting, that art is happening right now. You have to pay for that. Like pay for their time. Value your artists. Yep. I don't know. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, digress. Uh, I'm going to go back to one of the standard questions before we go more on rants. (laughs) Because this is how I know it's a fun interview is is I barely get in the like uh, rant questions. I'm very rant prone. I can go in. Maybe that helps me with streaming. I don't know. I can talk about one thing, then veer off into something else and just keep talking. It's easy. It's like a fun, normal. That's how conversations work, right? Sure. Maybe. <laughs> I guess. I don't know. For us, at least. Maybe that's not normal. Oh, no. <laughs> Listeners, let no- us know if that's normal. Yeah, what do normal people do? I don't know. I don't have a lot of experience. <laughs> uh, uh, well, what is your favorite board game or favorite board games? It's This is the, literally the hardest question yeah. on the podcast. Here we go. I knew this was coming. So I can give you an easy answer or I can give you, I guess, the real answer. <laughs> What? Okay. Both. Uh, easy easy answer. Uh, Castles of Burgundy, I guess. All right. Um, I mean, but real answer. Here's the thing about like board games. Like the board game gives us an experience. Like that's why you can have two people play the same game and have completely different opinions of it because one person's experience was great. And the other person's experience was poor. 
Um, great example. Uh, recently, I played That Time You Killed Me from Pandasaurus Games. I had a horrible experience with it. Um, I, that's not to say the game is bad, uh, but I don't do abstracts very well. And I was on stream and I'm looking at it. You have these three boards, which are like past, present, and future. And it's you against the other person. And you're each trying to kill each other across time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> which I love the theme of that. The theme of that is amazing. And I was like, oh, this is going to be so great. And then I sit there and it's really just like a couple pawns on these very chessboard looking things. And I'm just, I, I, I looked at them and I was completely befuddled as what to do. Because I felt like everything that you could do had an obvious counter. And I'm like, so I'm just basically going to keep doing things and expecting my opponent to do something dumb or not see the ob- or the, the obvious thing. I was like, uh, I don't I don't know. And this was on stream. This was a couple weeks ago on uh, To Die For Games with Mandy. And she completely blew me out of the water because I was just, I, I froze. I was just like, I don't even know what I'm doing anymore. Yeah. Um, but, you know, other people have played that game and they're like, oh, yeah, this I had so much fun. This is great. I love it. I'm just like, Different experiences, you know. Yeah. It's just yeah. Chris Barrows um, put that in his top twenty the other yesterday. So wow, like, interesting. Um, so I, I say all that to say that you know a, a game, uh, a game that I like, like it, the people I'm playing with matter when it comes to it. It's almost like what are your top favorite like experiences like with board games, right? Like I really enjoy um, Cast in the Old World which is sort of like one of Eric Lang's predecessors to blood rage. Hmm. Um, it, it actually shares the same instead of drafting, like all of the different uh, factions sort of have like a fixed deck instead of the drafting, which I think actually works a little bit better. Um, but it still has like that same action point thing where you, you deploy a unit and it costs so many action points and you keep going until you run out of action points. Um, I love that game. That game is fantastic. It is a ma- freaking masterpiece as far as I'm concerned. But if I played it with certain people, I would not have a good time because right. you have to play that kind of game with certain people. So it's like, yes, I love cast in the old world. I wouldn't feel bad about saying it's one of my favorite games, but if I played with certain people, I would not have fun doing it. So it, you know, the, the whole favorite game thing has always kind of been a little difficult for me to, get my head around. Cause it's like, well, yeah, I love certain games, but only with certain people. <laughs> Definitely. Um, yeah. Who you play right. with changes how, how a game feels. Right now, you know, something like a party game. Well, no, even with a party game, if you play with one group, you know, a bunch of stick in the buds, it's going to be different than if you play with a bunch of, you know, fun people. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, it's, it's completely different. So, um, I still, so yeah, I sell that to say, I, there are games that I definitely lean toward and prefer, but uh, I, I almost wish it was, what are your favorite experiences? Um, yeah. But I, I, Castles of Burgundy is one of those games that I feel like newer gamers and older gamers can kind of play, and it feels very similar across the board in a good way. Um, it's very approachable. Um, it's just, it, it's a lot of fun. So I, I really did Castle of Burgundy. I, I still play it a lot on... Uh, Board Game Arena, actually, where I always have at least 12 to 15 AC games up at any given point in time. Oh, that's awesome. Not only, I mean, not I'm not only playing that, but that's always like one of the things that's in rotation. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, I actually like that. You know, at the end of the episode, I'll have you do like a fond memory, but favorite board game. Ex- what board games have 
been like favorite experiences. That's a little um, bit different than a fond memory. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I have a, I have a lot with Cast of the Old World because you know me and like my former ga- gaming group. I had, uh, I had like a certain group that I would play with, and like you know we would, we would paint miniatures. We'd have paint parties where we'd get together, like you know, on a Saturday and just watch movies or play music while we're just you know painting miniatures all day. Um, or, you know, we'd play games and, you know, Chaos in the Old World was just one of those things that was on rotation. Uh, actually, one of those, one of those guys actually went on to be a designer. Um, Evan Derek, he did, um, oh my God, I, I, I've, it's slipping my mind. He works for a company now, but he did, we actually prototype. He did actually. So he, uh, there was board game, not board game. There's Battlestar Galactica, and he made a version of that called Battlestar, like Battlestar Express or something. But they had to change the name, and I think they changed it to like Dark Moon or something like that. Oh, okay. Yeah. Board game yeah. brand said that she actually prefers that over Battlestar Galactica. Yeah. Well, that's where the pedigree is. I mean, that game actually came out of you know Battlestar Galactica. He's like, I, I want that game, but faster. Yeah. sort of like in a, a different uh, format. I don't remember who he works for now, but he's actually working for a board game company. Cool. Um, but yeah, he was one of the guys out of that group. And <coughs> excuse me, once I figured it out, I'm like, oh, wow, I I helped playtest this game. That's awesome. Yeah, that's so <laughs> rad. <laughs> um, so yeah, I have a lot of great memories, you know, playing that game. Uh, God, what are some other ones? You know, before... Um, before I started uh, streaming, I have to, I laugh at this because I feel like I say this in my stream all the time. Before I started streaming, I actually ran a board game meetup. <laughs> Anybody who's listened to my my stream a lot or cut my stream a lot probably have uh, heard me say that a thousand times because I, I feel like <laughs> I feel like there's always anecdotes I'm pulling from from that. But uh, yeah, so yeah, but yeah, I ran a board game uh, meetup. I organized one. Uh, prior to COVID and then obviously COVID shut everything down and that wasn't happening anymore. Um, but you know, a lot of the games that we played there, like we had a lot of like newer gamers who had never played things before and just getting them to experience things for the first time was fantastic. Um, we had a couple who came in, uh, once it actually ended up being just me and them and they hadn't really played too many hobby board games before. Uh, but they signed up for, what was it? Arkham Horror Third Edition. Ooh. Um, yeah, and they like spooky stuff. Like they kind of like horror stuff. And I'm like, oh man, this is this is gonna be a freaking slam dunk. And they loved it. They just gobbled it up. And you know, they've since like gotten into the hobby and played other stuff. And I still hear from them occasionally. Yeah, uh, they're still playing games. They're playing other types of games. Um, you know, more like your Sagradas and stuff like that. But uh, they said like the first one they bought was Arkham Horror Third Edition. Just because they had such a great time, and that that always feels really good. Yeah, that is really awesome. Yeah, that's a pretty. I mean, it's not like necessarily a heavy game, but it's got a lot of setup. It does. It does. But you know, Nikki Valens worked on that one. Yeah. Um. She. I. So I'll say this like straight up. I did not like Arkham Horror one or two. Um. I don't care for Eldritch Horror. I actually don't even really care for Mansion Madness. Oh really? Um. Yeah. Uh. Well. We had we had some issues where we'd get into a very long story that would end on a bad note because we went left instead of right. We felt like like it, it like there wasn't a lot of direction. 
we felt like we could kind of go one way or the other and we just happened to go the wrong way. Um, and that didn't sit well with my now wife. Um, oh, she's not in the room anymore. <laughs> <laughs> she left. She's Oof, gone. You get a pass. <laughs> yeah. Um, wasn't really a hit for her. You know, they use that same system again, and I'm going off another tangent, but they use that same system in the Lord of the Rings game. Oh, that's right. Um, but those adventures tend to be two hours or less. And, you know, if you tend to go one way or the other, you don't really go the right way and you kind of mess it up. It's not that big of a deal. You still move on. Um, and you don't feel like you just wasted the last, you know, two hours of your life versus some of the Mansions of Madness things would go on for like five hours and then they could just end on a horrible note. And it's like, why do we do this? Oh, gee. I haven't yeah. played Mansions of Madness. It's in my like one of my top five wants right now, but maybe it, it shouldn't be. I don't know. There's, a, I mean, for people who like a certain type of game, and definitely if you have the patience for it, I think it works for a lot of people. Obviously, it works for a lot of people because you know it's it's as popular as it is. But yeah, um, for for my money personally, I'd rather play the Lord of the Rings game, um, just because it is a little faster. I like the way you know you're you're leveling up, you're gaining new cards. I like I love the card system. There's no dice rolling. Um, everything that you do is based on the successes that you flip off the top of your your deck. Oh, cool. So the cards that you add will have like successes or like other icons in the corner, but you have to take that into mind when you're adding things to your deck. So, you know, maybe this is a really powerful card, but there's no successes on it, right? So it's good if it's in your hand, but if you happen to flip that one over as you're when you're doing your test, uh like you know, you're testing your agility or knowledge or whatever, um, that's not gonna be a good one to have there. So there's kind of that you have some agency over what happens, and and that's what I like. That's really interesting. I like the sound yeah. of that. Yeah, I might switch a, those then because Lord of the Rings is in there, but it wasn't necessarily like high up there. Right. Um, yeah, I, you know, I've been painting the miniatures for that. Like, well, I was doing it on stream, but nobody watched those, so I stopped doing that. I <laughs> again, oh, I haven't watched any of them yet, but I'm like. I love that David paints on stream and like one of these days I'm going to watch it. I, but yeah. it's one that I can't like, like when I was watching uh, your Trek 12 one, I have right. it on and I just listen to it and I paint and like, or I'm doing other things. I don't have to watch it, but you're, right. when you're painting, I'm like, I want to actually watch that. Right. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, I may have to restructure it. Like when it's me it's difficult to kind of do like on my own, uh, something that I did like a while ago, there is a painter who uh, she goes by L fire spray. Oh yeah. And um, she was on, she, I had her on my channel. God, probably about a year ago. And uh, man, that one blew up. Like everybody wanted to watch her paint, you know, cause she has got a, you know, fairly good sized following. Yeah. And uh, you know, people tuned in, she was doing most of the painting. I was just kind of, I was more moderating than doing anything else. Um, although I was trying to like, you know, keep up as well. And uh, that was great. I love that. Uh, she's kind of moved on. She's a little busy. She has some things going on in, you know, in her life. And uh, she's actually streaming on her own now. So I haven't really been able to get her back on. Um, so I say all that to say, like, I, I feel like I might need. I don't know. Maybe I, I've been thinking about like getting, doing like the paint party idea, but just doing it on stream, like just getting a couple people together we're all on, we're all painting, but we're actually just talking about stuff. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. I Maybe think that's that'll a come good back. idea. Yeah. 
yeah, it's just yeah. implementing it and getting everybody to uh, to show up. It collaboration's been one of the things that I've enjoyed doing the most as a streamer. But I have to say, it's gotten a lot harder with a lot of the restrictions like rolled back. You know, people are kind of getting more into their nor back into their normal lives or going back to work. Uh, if they're still streaming, it's like that's taking up all their extra time. Um, you know, their own thing, and it's it's been a lot harder to get people on. Um, I'd say certainly in the last half of like last year, but you know, even this year, I've tried to do a few collaborations, and it's just been. It's been difficult and you know, people are busy and that's just how it is. But um, I don't know. I'll have, to, I'll have to find some folks who are maybe free for like a Sunday or Saturday or something and just have a, uh, a, a paint party stream. Hey, I'd be down. I've got lots of my Marvel United figures I need to paint. Oh, God, I don't want to think about that. I haven't even started that. And I've got, you know, I did like one of the bigger. Uh, I didn't do all in on the first one, but pretty close. Yeah. <laughs> And I'm like, oh, I haven't even started those. There's so many of them. Good Lord. It's, yeah, I, that's pretty much all I've been painting lately. And I, like, I have Borderlands ones that I want to get to. So I'm probably going to take a break here soon from those and paint those instead yeah. for a little bit. But that there's only like, I don't know, six of those? Eight? Eight of them? I don't know how many. Anyway. are the Is that from the board game that was on? No, it's... Um, uh, the Bunkers and Badasses Deluxe Edition has some came issues. with okay. yeah maybe it's ten I think it's ten anyway something like that right yeah because that's one per class for the first two games there's ten classes yeah anyway did you back the game on Kickstarter I did did you yeah okay. did you I I didn't um I'm always a little leery about I mean I know there's like many examples of licensed board games that are just fine they're good but yeah. when it's when it's of a video game i'm real i'm like i don't know man <laughs> i am so <laughs> to be very honest not very interested in the game okay. but i was like you know what i the miniatures look good right uh most of them look yeah they look like good quality not like necessarily the highest quality but they should be fun right. to paint yeah uh, yeah, I you know I was kind of thinking, thinking of it from that aspect, and I was just like, you know, I've already got so much I got to paint that I'm not getting painted. I realistically, I don't know what I would get around to them, so I kind of let that one go. Yeah, <laughs> well, and that was before like the Marvel Zombicide too for me, because Marvel's right. like another thing I'm really really into. Sure, and so I didn't have like United was pretty much my main painting stuff, like. There was a couple other little minis that I had, but you know, not like a lot of heavy mini games to paint. So, I you know, with with Marvel Zombie Side, I, I almost felt like that one was a little late. Like I felt like that game should have come out like ten years ago, right? Um, yeah, I, I, I'm not knocking it in any way. Uh, I'm just saying, like, it just felt like if this had come out ten years ago, people would have been like falling over themselves. Oh yeah. To like get to it. But when it came out, like there wasn't really a whole lot of like fervor about it. I, I chose to not do it for kind of the same reasons. Like I already, I already have a zombie side. I wouldn't have time to paint it. So, and plus that's like a type of game. I don't ever really get played anyway. Oh really? Uh, yeah. It, it's harder with, with those. I mean, uh, it was zombie side. At least it's, it's, you kind of have those one-offs, but, 
uh, at least the issue with um, oh, what's the medieval one called? Black the plague. Um, yeah, black plague. The or issue green, with that is green plague? a lot. What is it? Green. I think green I think horde. it was black plague and the green horde. That's yeah, right. yeah. Okay, I'm mixing the two. Sorry. Go ahead. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um. Yeah, I just, you know, a lot of the scenarios required like six people, and I'm like, that's not going to happen. I'm not going to get six people together and say, hey guys, you want to play? You know. There are certain gaming groups that's going to be perfect for. Um, and if you'd given that to me like 15 years ago, that would have been perfect for me because I would have had a group that would have loved to play it. Yeah. Um, but, you know, now it's mostly Euros that I'm kind of into. So. Oh, nice. Yeah. So I don't own any Zombies. Well, I, I backed Undead or Alive because being part Native American, I'm like, Yes. Like, yeah, they approached that situation so well. And I'm so proud that I have to put my money like where my heart is. And so I backed it just based on that. I didn't go all in because I wasn't that interested in things. But interesting. What yeah. was what was it about that uh, campaign that sort of drew you to it or so, made you feel like, you know, you're comfortable backing it? They uh, they like partnered with actual native americans and like historians and decided not to make any native americans as zombies uh because they didn't want to like have that racism of like people being like i'm gonna go kill some indians you know like i'm gonna scout indians or whatever it is like sick things like that and uh and people, some people like, oh, it ticked me off so bad. I had to get out of the comment section because you had racism, like blatant well, racism yeah. on Kickstarter, like saying absolutely horrible things. And I was just like, oh my gosh, like, how is this not moderated? Like, yeah. kick these people out that are saying these terrible things. Yeah, I, you know, I'm glad, I'm glad Board Game Geek has stepped up and, you know, kind of put the clamp on a lot of that stuff. But Kickstarter definitely needs to give better tools. Yeah. Although, to their credit, I understand the, the idea um, of, you know, if you, if you give the creator the ability to remove context or not context, comments, then, you know, if something actually is legitimately bad or wrong with the campaign. Um, and people are trying to let other people know about it. If the content or if the creator of that thing, it doesn't even have to be a board game, uh, can just, you know, remove those and moderate those out, then nobody really ever knows what's going, what's actually going on. Yeah. I, I kind of get it from that perspective, but, but man, it, at the same time, they got to do something. Yeah. I think it should just be an easy, like, report comment yeah. or something and yeah. then kick it to, like Kickstarter, right? Like have the yeah, report go to someone in the company and not one of the people making the game. Yeah, it should definitely be like a neutral party who, you know, moderates that kind of thing. Yeah. So anyway. But yes, yeah. stay out of Kickstarter comments. I, I, I never look. <laughs> I, I'll back a game and I'll, I won't, I'll forget I backed it two days later. Oh, good. Uh, uh, and once it arrives, I'm I'm pleasantly surprised, and I'm like, "Yeah, this finally showed up." So that's a good that's way my, to do it. That's my approach to that's my approach to Kickstarter. I've started doing that more and more. Of like, just to, well, it was mainly that undead or alive, like just the blatant racism and like right. people just being fine with it or like piling onto it and being like, "Yeah, why not?" And I'm just like, oh, "Gosh." 
it's but yeah anyway i like that they made native americans only heroes in the game and i'm like yeah that's awesome good on you come on simon cool meaning or not whatever you want to say <laughs> yeah call, come on like if they wanted to be called Kaman, they should have come up with that a long time ago. Because right. they're always just going to be Simon to me. <laughs> I like Kaman more, though. Because it's like, come on. Uh, hey, play this blood. game. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> come on. Let's, let's, <laughs> some, let's play some Blood Rage. Come on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, anyways, sorry. Sidetracks about Zombicide, Kickstarter. Of course. Rants. It's, not our, it's not our first uh, sidetrack, so that's fine. It isn't? <laughs> This has been a tight ship we've run here. <laughs> Wait, have we started? <laughs> well, about cursing during stuff, right? Am I right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, um, a new standard question. You're only the second person to be asked this question. Wait, was Uh-oh. there something? Were we? Did I distract us from something? Probably. Probably. Um, what were we talking about? I think we were talking, I don't know, somehow we got talking about miniature painting, and then we got into oh, yeah. zombie side and so on, but I don't remember what spurred that particular conversation. Yeah, well, we'll we'll move it's on fine. then. Sorry, listeners, if you were really invested in that. <laughs> we're having fun, okay? That's right, we're having a good time. Um, so, if you, I need to figure out how to phrase this question, so you just get a rough it's only the second time I'm asking it. Okay. Uh, if you were to be able to play a game how you truly, truly wanted to play it, like if you were playing with, you know, one to three other Davids who who likes playing a game a certain way, uh, what's your style? Like, how would you ideally play a game? Does that make any sense? Yeah. So I like a little bit of trash talk during a game. Not like excessively, like you don't want to be obnoxious at the table, but um, I, you know, there's a, there's a couple here that I play with a lot from uh, the Netherlands and they are literally rocket scientists. Oh, wow. Well, not really. They work at JPL. <laughs> uh, they work at JPL, which is, you know, local. So they are working on, you know, space stuff. I don't know. I don't do space stuff. Um, but so I just call them rocket scientists, but they're, they're very smart. They're very good at board games, especially, um, Miranda. And, uh, so my approach to that has always been distract her as much as possible. <laughs> so I'll, I'll be, I'll still do something and be like, Oh, you're going to, Oh, you're going to do that. Oh, all right. That's, that's fine. That's a, that's a good move. And, you know, I'll, I'll try to distract her like as much as possible. She doesn't get it. And I love it because she's just so confused. She's like, what? <laughs> <laughs> and she'll look at it and be like, What's wrong with it? And I'm like, oh no, no, it's good. No, it's good. That's great. <laughs> so a little bit of mind games. You like a little mind games on top of the game. Uh, I mean, you know, if it's a situation where you're kind of on the back foot, it, you know, sometimes you gotta, sometimes you gotta throw it up, mix it up a little bit. Yeah. Um, you know, you know, the kind of games I like to play, like, um, you know, I recently played uh, Dune Imperium finally for the first time, and I was like, this is my kind of freaking game, and. Uh, you know, I was thinking, like, I will say, though, like, with the combat, like, there's not a lot of... I do, like, um, not when the game tells you to negotiate. That actually pisses me off a little bit. But, like, when there's actually table talk, like, I, I think you see it more with something like Root. Um, yeah, if I had, like, three other me's, I might play Root. 
Yeah, I think that'd be a lot of fun <laughs> because it'd be like, all right, look, 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 look. We got it. We got to ally at this one guy because you know he's he's you know he's getting a little too uh, a little too out of control or you know something like that. Like I I enjoy table talk, um, but like if it's a game that actually has negotiation baked into it, like um, Rising Sun. Oh, I wanted to love Rising Sun. I wanted to love Rising Sun. I love the aesthetic. I love those miniatures. That board is gorgeous. Everything about I love everything about that game except the actual gameplay. <laughs> um, it's like yeah, a novel that, concept, yeah, yeah. Like you know, the the negotiations actually baked in, and I'm like, uh, I don't want that. I I just want that to kind of happen. I mean, because when you're playing Blood Rage, right? Like, I mean, people are doing a little bit of table talk. It's like, okay, look, this guy is going buck wild over here. We need to, you know, pin him in or do something or get rid of his fire giant or whatever. Yeah. yeah. It's more of a um, table conversation. Like it's not built into the game, but it's like a fun right. aspect. Yeah. Right. I, I enjoy that. But, you know, at the same time, like I don't mind a game that's also kind of multiplayer solitaire, you know, um, just kind of, you know, figuring things out on your own. But uh, I don't know. Sometimes I, I, I do prefer when that puzzles uh, just as much against other people as it is, you know, against the game. The right. puzzle of the game, whatever that happens to be. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Did I answer sense. the question? I don't remember the question anymore. <laughs> <laughs> How you ideally would play a game. Oh, yeah, I did. I Your favorite that, way to play. Yeah, you did. Yeah. Yeah, more or less. So, a little bit of trash talking and and uh, some cleverness and table talk. and Some table talk. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's the idea of the show, kind of, is like, you want to play with friends, right? Like, you want to be able to have conversations and play a game and right. be involved in it. Although I'm like, I prefer to be focused on the game. Like let's, let's talk about game related stuff while we're playing sure. the game. And then we can chat after or before. That is, you know, that is one thing I miss about board game arena. Um, like today, I've been, like lately I've been playing a lot of race for the galaxy, uh-huh. a lot of race for the galaxy. Um, I don't. I'm not even really sure why, but something just kind of got me back on like a Race of the Galaxy kick again. Um, and uh, actually, just played that recently on my stream, the uh, the digital PC version. Yeah, I was but, watching um, that one. Cool. Um, really good implementation, by the way. If anybody's wants to learn, I mean, it's really hard to find the expansions for that game now. So I'd say, like, di- you know, the PC version is probably your best bet if you want to uh, try those out or. Uh, board game arena anyway so today i was playing somebody at board game arena and i must have gotten i don't know 20 30 points in like one turn and it was still fairly early in the game and i'm just thinking man I, like i couldn't you can't table talk people in board game arena like you can't trash talk or they'll report you and you know whatever <laughs> i would have been like i wanted to be like mushroom stamp of justice or something like that after getting 20 30 points yeah. Uh, but if you actually said, you know, mushroom stamp of justice, I'm pretty sure somebody would pro- moderate that. And, uh, I'm surprised with board game arena, uh, when sometimes I'll say like, Oh, I just made a dumb move and it'll be like, be careful because people can report you. And I'm like, Oh, I wasn't like, that was an insulting. I was just saying right. I made a dumb move. Or like, it like warns you that, Hey, just so you know, people could report you. I, I think it looks for certain words. Yeah. And so I think if you say dumb, they might. It's just 
triggering a thing. It's like, oh, you better not be calling somebody dumb or, yeah. you know, yeah, something. Like, I, I think that's all that is. Luckily, I just play with friends. I don't I don't ever I'm right. not brave enough to play with randos. Uh, I haven't played mostly the randos. I mean, I play with friends occasionally, but um, I don't really know anybody who plays as often as I do. So I kind of have to play with randos. Yeah. Yeah. We'll we'll play some games. We played Yokohama once. Did we? Yeah, me, you, Joe. And... Yeah, that's right. That's right. I forgot about that. I forgot about that. Oh, there was a fourth person, which I had never played it before. And the I read through the rules and I was like, maybe I understand this. Or I watched a video and right. I took second place. I got pretty close to first, I think. Yokohama is a fantastic game. It was fun. Yeah. I didn't. Ex- I got I was like, sure, I'll just play whatever, you know, <laughs> like. It'll be fun to play something with David. He's cool. <laughs> and Joe. And Joe said he was joining. And I love Joe. And, you know, like. Yeah, Joe's go. <laughs> and so it was just like, huh. Wow, that's an intimidating board. Wow, this is an intimidating setup. It's That is a game I think that works better probably in person. Just because you can kind oh, of yeah. see everything and absorb it a little bit easier. Uh, trying to navigate all of that on Board Game Arena definitely takes, you know, a few plays. But. Thank God for board game arena, though. Yeah, for real. <laughs> it's so nice to be able to play different games and play with people. And asynchronous is amazing. Like playing, yeah. You know, I played Seven Wonders uh, Duel over the course of like three days. It was fun. You know, like yeah. that game's a 20, 30 minute game. Yeah, <laughs> but it's. It, it, I I had issues with it initially, but after some more plays and. You know, after trying it with the expansions, the expansions really, it really benefits from both of them. I need to try um, it with the expansions. Especially Pantheon. Uh, it just it just gives you a few more options. One thing that I hated about, um, you know, just the base game is like sometimes like inadvertently through not necessarily any fault of your own, unless you're like a math whiz and you could count 30 moves <laughs> out or something. You're stuck in a position where it's like, if I, this is the only thing I can do. And if I do it, I'm going to open up something amazing for you. Yeah. And you can't do anything about it. Whereas in Pantheon, it's like, oh, or I can spend money and do this as an action a- instead. And then I get stuff. Oh. And and now you have to go and you do that. And now I'm going to take that next action. Ooh, um, that's tricky. Yeah. Yeah. So there's ways of not, you know, if you're if you're stuck up against the wall, there's kind of ways to skirt around it if you have enough money to pay. Uh, for you know some of these pantheon abilities um yeah that's i, I yeah the, it definitely benefits from uh expansions um speaking of seven wonders i've been playing architects lately on uh like on board game arena i don't uh, i've heard uh, such mixed things about it yeah i i really wanted to like it because seven wonders is absolutely in my top 10 of all time like the original i i just think is fantastic I know a lot of people are like, oh, you know, Duel replaced it. Duel, like, you're you, you're not going to play the original Seven Wonders at two-player, and you can only play Duel at two-player. So I don't even know why you'd compare the two personally, but anyways. Yeah, they're same concept, different implementations. Right. I mean, the drafting isn't even the same. I mean, it's not like you're swapping cars back and forth. Like, it's all like a... I forgot what the exact term for it is, but uh, it's like an open draft, I think they call it, when it's all out on the table that way. Um. Yeah, like I don't know, they're not even plays the same. But anyway, so Seven Wonders is one of my favorite games of all time. I was like, all right, well, you know, a stripped down version may not be a bad thing if it plays a little bit quicker and it's easier to teach. To me, it's too stripped down. 
Ah. You're basically just building this thing. It's like you're just so the way it, the way it goes is you have a deck in the middle of the table and you have a deck on either side of you. Um, that's in between you and the person next to you. So the person next to you can actually grab that card. I think if I'm understanding it correctly, I've only played it, you know, digitally. <laughs> I haven't played it physically. Uh, also has access to that. So you're each turn you're drawing a card, and the idea is you're trying to get the resources to build. Like actually build a wonder. Like there's actually cardboard pieces in the physical game. Yeah. Um, Which I thought was a fun, like novel con concept because it's like very tactile, right? Right. But but then like there's no. I didn't feel like there was a lot of strategy to it. I mean, it's like okay, well yeah, you could do this military. It doesn't have anything to do with actually building it. it just gives you points, maybe. Hmm. Uh, and there's this other so science. You know, you get two of the same or three different. And you can get one of these tokens, and that'll give you points. That doesn't build your thing, but maybe points. It's basically whoever has the most points once you're done building your wonder. So I'm like, why wouldn't I just keep grabbing blue cards for points and then just keep grabbing resources and build as fast as I can? Yeah. I, I, I keep doing that, and I keep winning. So I'm just like, this is totally boring. <laughs> uh, <laughs> now, to be fair, I don't know what I'm doing, and the other people I'm playing with probably don't know what they're doing either. Uh, so... Maybe be different in person. Um, I actually have the physical game because I bought it just because it was Seven Wonders. I'm always going to, if it's a Seven Wonders product, I'm just going to pick it up. But um, I'm going to play with some friends uh, tomorrow night, I think. Um, John Gonzalez is one of them. He's also a streamer, um, Twitch streamer in the community. Awesome. But uh, yeah, yeah we're, so we're going to play that and I'm going to see how it is that way. <laughs> if it's the same, be like, no, calling no it good. Yeah, <laughs> out to the door. Yeah, with ye. Yeah, they can't all be winners. They really can't, and we don't have time to play them all anyway. There's so many games out now; it's ridiculous. No, we do. We do. No, we don't. <laughs> if I didn't buy any more games and I just kept what I had right now, I don't know that I could play them all more than a couple times, maybe. Yeah. <sighs> yeah, but I think yeah. it's worth it, right? Like, even if you only get, I always do the uh, cost analysis of it, of being like, well, if a, uh, I don't know, if um, Spirit Island cost me 80 bucks and I only play it one time with four, three other friends. Are you going to do the movie analogy? I feel the movie analogy coming on. Well, it could be, but... I just break it down to like, well, for us three friends, it's $20 each for that one play, right? And so then if I play it a second time, then it's only like $10 each. And that's a couple hours long game. Uh, yeah. And so if you want to compare it to a movie. <laughs> <laughs> having, I'll say this. Having been in the hobby for a long time, it is amazing what you could talk yourself into if you really want to. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I was like, oh, I feel the movie uh, analogy coming on. Here we go. Here we go. Brace yourself. <laughs> I yeah, wasn't I mean, going to go to movie directly, but I just thought of like, yeah, yeah. I always just think of, yeah, like video games. I always think about that. Like Borderlands 2, literally pennies, like pennies per hour, sure. you know, like, sure. of enjoyment. So, well, I, God, I even bought it across like multiple platforms and I still got my money's oh, wow. worth out of it. So <laughs> that's awesome. Well, because I was playing it a lot on, uh, on Xbox, and I was playing a lot on like PC. I think I, I think I have the PlayStation version too. Oh wow! Or no, I might, I might have gotten the no. I did the, um, I did the upgrade for the the X, the One X. 
Yeah. Or, yeah, just the one, Xbox One. Uh, when they did like the remaster, I bought that one too. So I own like three different versions. Of- oh, that's true. Yeah, I did that too. <laughs> yeah. So well, yeah, I know it. what you mean. Yeah. Anyway. I um, you know, talking about like calling and stuff. Like I'm actually looking at I'm having to get rid of like a lot of you know board games. I just you know something that having been in the hobby a long time, people really do need to think like, you know, is it, what you say is absolutely correct. You know, if I get you know, so much enjoyment out of this for, you know, so many hours, so much money, whatever there, you know, there's some legitimacy to that, but it's also, do I have space for this? Do I have time to play it? Um, I, you know, something else to consider too is, or, or that I, you know, I wish people kind of think about what, you know, before they bring all these, you know, this glut of board games, you know, into their house is, you know, do you have time to play them? Do you have friends who already own these games and you could just play them with them? Yeah. Um, Cause that's definitely a very valid thing. It, it just, you know, being a little bit more, something that, you know, being a, a meetup organizer kind of helped me think a little bit more is as a, uh, a little more community minded, I guess, just, you know, does somebody else have this game? Uh, can we play, you know, their copy or can they bring it in? Would they be willing to teach uh, too? Um, I remember, you know, we were doing, um, on Mars from the Talisarda, which is a pretty heavy game. I think it's in the four plus uh, range on difficulty on BGG. Mm-hmm. That's on a scale of one to five. If you're not familiar with that, um, so you know it was pretty up there. I, I was going through the rules, and I'm like, my God, it's. <laughs> I was like, I need help. So you know, knowing being able to bring in somebody else to actually teach it, and then you know, facilitate it that way, it was just you know, felt great. Yeah, but. Um, I don't know where I'm going with this. Uh, if somebody else has it, consider maybe just playing their copy, I guess is what I'm saying. Yeah, that makes yeah. sense. Yeah. You don't need to own every great game. Right, right. That's and, it, Yeah, absolutely. If you have friends, that is. I mean, whatever. That's true. I mean, everybody, everybody's gaming situation is different. And, you know, I have to say, like, I've only lived in Los Angeles uh, less than six years. It'll be six years in june i think um and i was i thought the game board gaming scene would be a lot stronger here it's really not it's actually it's kind of broken up in pieces and a little sad (laughs) there's nothing there's nothing really bringing anybody together there's one convention here that everybody sort of universally agrees is crap but it's the only one we have so you know it is what it is which can some oh and if unless you don't want to name what it is uh, well, it, it it's called Strategicon, but they do it three times a year, and each different one is called a different thing. Like, one oh, of them okay. is Orcon, one of them is called Gateway. I'm like, why are they named different? I don't know. I don't get that thing. But, um, it, but it's what we have, and it's how we all kind of get together. But I found yeah. a lot of people who show up to be really unfriendly. I remember, um, I, you know, there, were, there was a group of guys who were there, and they were uh, playing the Lord of the Rings game. And this is when it had just come out. I had pre-ordered it, but I hadn't gotten my copy yet. So um, our table is taking a break uh, in the middle of like Great Western Trail or something like that. And so I, I kind of walked over and I said, you know, you know, hey, how do you guys, you know, like this? I, I pre-ordered, but I haven't gotten my my copy. I just, you know, wondering what you think. And uh, one of the guys, and they didn't say anything. I'm just like, okay, I, I don't remember what else I said, but one of the guys just kind of like interrupted me. He was like, you know, who gives an f? And I'm like. Wow. <laughs> I was huh. like, why would you make it a point to play this game in public and then be irritated when the public comes and asks you questions about it? 
yeah. I don't know. It just seemed it seemed odd. So I don't know. The, the the board gaming scene here needs help. I say that in response to like what you said because you're absolutely right. Not everybody has a group. Um, and something that I do sort of miss about providing a group is that you know a lot of those people were like, you know, we really appreciate you offering a safe place we can just kind of come in and feel accepted and just you know uh, learn a game. And I'm like, I. I just wanted to get some games played when I first started. Like I wasn't trying to, you know, be board game Jesus or anything. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> but you know, a lot of people appreciated that. And I, I still think about that a lot. Yeah. Um, I don't, I don't know that I'd ever bring back that group quite the same way just cause you know, I'm still streaming and trying to do the content thing, but I don't know the, the, I don't know. People need a situation where they can, they feel welcome. They're able to play games uh, try, you know, a, a breadth of games and, you know, feel comfortable and safe. And not everybody has that. A lot of people don't have that. And uh, that's unfortunate. I don't know. It really is. Uh, yeah. We need to, we should do another episode sometime about how to like set up a meet meetup group and stuff. Sure. I got a lot of stories. Yeah. That would be fun. Yeah. And absolutely. maybe helpful for a lot of people. So. Yeah, my yeah. I mean, you know, if I can inspire anybody to you know start something up and just kind of provide a space for other people to play where they just feel you know accepted and you know just be patient with those people as they're learning and uh, kind of getting into the hobby. You know, if I can inspire anybody to do that, that'd be amazing. Yeah. So that'd be yeah. cool. Well, let's. We're running a little. I imagine you got to do dinner sometime soon, right? Yeah. Yeah. Sorry about that. No. 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 I. I I don't want to keep you from your wife and so but I want to get through our the other things. So how much gaming right. do you do with your wife? A little. Okay. Not, yeah, not not as much as I'd like. Um, <laughs> she same she, same. Yeah, I. Well, it, it's I don't know if it's for lack of like wanting necessarily. It's just kind of like a lack of time and just kind of making it a point. Like sometimes. You know, when it's just us, like, you know, I'm just relaxing. I don't know that I always want to be bothered with it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, sometimes it's just like, I don't want to think about a board game. I just want to just kind of imagine maybe just, you know, watch this show. Because, my God, there's 50,000 things to watch now. Oh, yeah. Um, so, you know, we don't play as much as I would like to sometimes. But uh, we certainly have. And she's certainly good at them. Nice. Um, don't ever try to beat her at uh, uh, Godfather Corleone's uh, Empire. Because... Your your dues will end up at the bottom of that river. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Cool. Do you have kids? Uh, we don't. We actually just got married a few months ago. Oh, that's right. Um, I knew that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we don't have any kids. Uh, not looking for kids. We're just still kind of grown up kids ourselves. So yeah. Uh, we're just you know we enjoy travel and going out and doing stuff and um, yeah, just not something we're looking at at this point. I totally feel that because <laughs> it's weird here in Utah because usually within the first year of marriage, people are having kids and we're on our eighth year of marriage. And it's like, yeah, we're uh, like, maybe we'll have kids eventually, <laughs> you know? Like, yeah. Uh, we It's fun to get to know each other over eight years more, you know, like, I don't know. but congratulations that- on your wedding. Oh, absolutely. Oh, thanks. Thanks. We, uh, you know, it was great. We had lightsabers in the ceremony. Oh, which, yeah. Uh, I, I really fought to get in. Well, I didn't have to fight too hard to get in. Um, <laughs> she was all for it. And uh, yeah, it was great. 
That is so cool. I always joke about like people who say, oh, the greatest day of my life was my wedding. You know, my the wedding was my the greatest day of my life. And I'm like, oop. My, uh, my wife is texting me a picture of our cat stealing her spot in bed. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what is that? That's my text tone because <laughs> I'm a huge okay. Lost fan. Gotcha. The bad robot. Anyways, um, oh, what was I saying? Oh, yeah. It's just like, that day's a total mess and a blur. Like, the honeymoon's way better. Like, I don't know. Right. But then, but if you got to do it for yourself, right? you know, like bring lightsabers, heck yeah. yeah. I mean, I got to be honest. Like, those, like, I, I kind of count like the whole four days because, you know, there was a point where um, a lot of my friends, well, all of my like grooms people had to come in from Virginia because that's, you know, where I moved from. Uh, most of her people were already here. Uh, so they came in a few days. Like we, you know, the group of us went to Disneyland. That was basically my bachelor party. Not what I would have chosen for my bachelor party, but we had a really great day. Like we went and did the custom lightsaber thing where, um, there's like this whole, it's not just, you know, here's some parts. So, you know, throw it together and make your lightsaber. It's like, you know, Oh, you've been chosen. And then, you know, they do like a Yoda voiceover and, you know, they play some of the music and the lights change and it's very well done. Yeah. Um, so we all did that together. And then, you know, it was their first time doing the, um, uh, well, for one of his first time in a in Disneyland at all. But it was the first time most of them had ever done anything in the Star Wars area in general. Um, so just having everybody there, having all my, you know, my closest friends, you know, there and here and stuff like that. It was just it was amazing. Like the whole four days was just jam-packed with so much goodness and i really couldn't have uh asked for more that is awesome well yeah. that sounds like a legitimate best day ever type. it was pretty good or yeah for sure four days yeah <laughs> it all blurs together right it kind of does i mean a lot of it you know runs in together but uh we played we actually played a board game on my wedding day before the ceremony oh really uh, what was it me and the me and the groups people played um cascadia because uh, we had a little bit of extra time, and it's like, hey, let me show you this game. So, uh, yeah, Cascadia is one of the better games that came out last year for sure. But That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, okay, well, let's see. Now let's go outside of board games. I'm, like, trying to rush okay. through all these. <laughs> sure. Uh, yeah, what do you do outside? What's your favorite? What are your hobbies? Uh, um. I mean, board gaming is a lot of it, right? I mean, I feel like a lot of times where I'm not like streaming, I'm still thinking about, oh, what am I? What am I streaming? What what rule book do I need to read? Uh, what uh, what am I having? Because I usually meet up with friends at least once or twice a week as well. Yeah, and it's usually okay. Well, I need to play this game before I stream it. I always try to do that, especially the ones I do with Manny, because I I feel like the ones where I just kind of jump in and I don't know the game beforehand to, tend to not go as well. Um. So I'm always kind of planning that stuff. We uh, we watch a lot of like TV and movies and stuff like that when we're hanging out. And I feel like between just kind of getting life done and and that and, you know, video games and board games. And that's a pretty big chunk of it <laughs> and travel as well. Um, we like traveling. The great thing about living in California is that there are a multitude of awesome places to visit uh near that aren't really necessarily all that far away uh from here uh, we really like to go up to the central coast uh do some wine tasting up uh, up in the Solvang area um we're actually going to be doing that uh in a couple months again and i'm like yes 
looking forward to that. That's cool. Um, yeah. So yeah, I mean that's the that's the bulk of it. Not a very super interesting answer, but uh, no, we'll break this down. Top three TV shows, top three places you traveled, and oh, what was, oh, top three video games. Top three video games. All right. Well, we already talked about Borderlands too, so I feel like I'd I'd be disingenuous to not include it. Um, I'm gonna say the Mass Effect trilogy. Ooh yeah. Oh yeah, you streamed that for the the a legendary edition. Yep. Um, yeah, I was going to do the whole thing, but I find getting board game Twitch to watch video games is a challenge. They, they don't really seem to want to. Um, and you know, when I was doing it, it was when it was new was when everybody, all the actual video game streamers were doing it. Yeah. So pulling people in, I was like, ah, oh, forget it. Fine. Um, <laughs> I, you know, I, on my own. Yeah. I mean, I, I like having a chat there because otherwise I feel like if I'm just talking to myself, I'm like, what am I even doing this for? <laughs> It's practice. If I'm being completely honest, there have been some times where I'm like, you know, half an hour into a stream and nobody showed up. I'm just like, forget this. I'm done. I'm out. Oh, okay. That's fair. <laughs> and I'll just cut it and I'll unpublish the, the VOD. And it's just like, yeah, whatever. Yeah. Um, But yeah, Mass Effect Trilogy for sure. Um, I don't know. I don't, I'm not 100% sure I'd say it's in my top three, but I'm also going to say Assassin's Creed Odyssey. I love that game way more than I thought I would. Um, I I like open world games, um, and that so you know Assassin's Creed was always somewhat linear. Like you always had like missions within very fixed areas, and yeah, you know it was fine. I, I don't. I and they were very stealth heavy, and I was just like, eh, I don't have the patience for this. Forget it. And I wasn't really into the series before Origins. Uh, Origins takes place in Egypt. That was open world. I really enjoyed that one as well. But Odyssey is in like ancient Greece and fantastic. I love that game so much. I put probably, I think I put around 360 hours into that game. Oh, wow. Nice. Uh, just playing through. Cause there's two different main characters. You have a guy and a, a girl, uh, their brother and sister. And um, I don't want to spoil anything, but uh, you can play through as either character. And so I played through as each and then I, I did all the DLC as one of them. Um, so yeah, I play the crap out of that game, so I don't feel bad about. I don't know that it's necessarily number three of my favorites of all time, but I don't feel bad about mentioning it because I, I love that I put so much time into that game. Yeah, I feel that. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's see places to travel. Um, I mean, it always depends on where you come from, right? Because when I lived in Virginia, I like visiting here, but now that I'm here. <laughs> Um, I'm actually looking forward to going back and visiting uh, Virginia next year. There was a, a con there called PrezCon that takes place over President's Day weekend, which is actually happening right now, I believe, Oh, really? uh, over there. Um, next year, I'm going back, and I, I cannot freaking wait for that con uh, because that was when I was getting into the hobby. That that con was so formative for me because I learned so many different games and uh, just met so many great people uh, through that convention. Um, I, I can't wait to go back. A lot of my friends that don't even like live in the area anymore, um, are planning on meeting me there. And one of my friends who lives here, who met all my friends from out of town is, you know, maybe going with me. So, uh, that's going to be a ton of fun. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to count that as one of my, my places to go, um, around here really like going to, like I said, central coast, California. Uh, that was a lot of fun. Uh, and for number three, Three. I'm going to say Nantucket Island. I grew up on Nantucket uh, in Massachusetts, 
And on my, what was it, my 39th birthday, we went a couple years ago. And uh, so we went to Boston and then we went to Massachusetts or went to Massachusetts. We went to Nantucket Island and then we went to go visit a friend in upstate New York because they're all relatively, you know, close. And that was one of the best trips I've ever taken. Like it was, it was magical. It was so good. That's Um, awesome. Yeah. I I won't take up a lot of your time talking about it, but uh, it was definitely great to go back and, and uh, see all this stuff again as an adult. I mean, I would love to hear about it. Right, right. But we got to move more. <laughs> <laughs> and then maybe the, well, yeah, the, the, the listeners may not be as interested in, uh, in uh, Nantucket. So, well, maybe, maybe another time. <laughs> we'll talk about it at our, at our painter stream, right? No. Sure, sure. Um, <laughs> and then top three TV shows. Top three TV shows like of all time or recently? All let's time. just keep it recent. Oh, okay. Let's just let's you just do recently, just because that'd be that'd be easier. That's true. Um, Less to choose from. Yeah, I mean, here's the problem with like a lot of TV shows: the endings are usually awful. Yeah, right. Like people complain about you know Game of Thrones, uh, you know that final season, and that final season was a dumpster fire. But, but um, the journey was great. The journey was great. I mean, getting there was awesome. But you know, it's not like that's the first TV show that ever had like a bad yeah. final season. Like you said, you were you know a Lost fan. I love the that, ending. I love the ending. I oh that last season was <laughs> oh I did not like that last oh, season. I at loved all. it. See, that's like we need yeah. see we need to have old podcast where we fight about that last season of Lost. I know it makes, <laughs> it makes me angry. Um, for me, the show ends at the end of season five, where uh, I forgot her name, but the the blonde is at the bottom of the pit, and Juliet. she like hits the hit, yeah that's right. Yeah. She hits the thing like with a rock, and everything goes white. To me, that's when the show ends. That is the end of the show. She hits the thing. She sets everything right, and everybody's happy. And uh, yeah, that's that's my that's my canonical ending for that, that All show. Right. Well, I did really enjoy Lost for many many seasons, though. Um, so that was a that was a good run. Um, all right, but recent stuff, Mandalorian's been really good. Um, I've you know I've been watching a lot of the Marvel stuff. I think Falcon and the Winter Soldier was probably my favorite out of the bunch, but I didn't dislike any of them. Um, what else have we been watching lately? You're probably the only other person. I agree with you that Falcon and Winter Soldier was the best. But yeah. I feel well, like you're literally the only other person that agrees. Uh, yeah, I feel like most people will either say WandaVision or Loki. Yeah. Um, Which, but, you know. Are great. Yeah, I mean they're they're fine. Wandavision for me took too long to kind of get to the point. Yeah, um, like going through those first couple episodes where they were like the sitcoms or whatever it was, was a just drag. It was a total drag. It was absolutely a drag. I, oh, so great to hear somebody else say that. Yeah, um, they should have done all of that in one episode. That's I, what I, I felt was like saying. like it could have had a little charm for one episode, but like for three episodes. Because Ugh. doing it in three episodes, it, it, it there was no point. There was absolutely no point in doing it over three episodes. Yeah. It's like because it all kind of boils to the same thing. It's like we know this is an illusion. We get it. We know it's fake. And then they're like, oh, it's because she watched these shows with her family when she lived in Sokovia or whatever it's called. Yeah. And it's like, did we need three episodes for that? I don't think so. Agreed. That's a, that's a whole other podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Dissecting WandaVision. <laughs> yeah. Um, did I do my third one? Eh, I talked about Lost and Mandalorian and um, Falcon Winter Soldiers. That's pretty good. That's nice. three. All right. Yeah. Fair enough. 
Uh, well, let's play ridiculous theme, and then okay. that'll wrap it up almost. Then we'll do a. I'll do the outro real quick, and then fond memory. Uh, I have a great one for this. I actually already know my answer. Yes, I was going to say we talked earlier, and you were saying that you had an I like you have lots of ideas for things you'd love to make. <laughs> so I figured you you'd have one in the chamber here. So ridiculous theme where we come up with a theme, ridiculous theme for a game. Doesn't mean it's bad. It's just something silly. I don't know how you would implement. I don't know how you would actually implement this in a board game. But if you want a ridiculous theme, I'm going to say a colonoscopy. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I I don't know how that would work. You got to make sure everything's working properly. I guess I don't know. I don't think that would sell. But you wanted a ridiculous theme for a board game, and uh, I, that's about as silly as it's going to get. I think. Yeah. I think you could probably stop asking at this point because I don't think it's going to get any more ridiculous than that. <laughs> I was like trying to think of it too, being like, well, what if it's like the miniaturization, like alternate universe, like instead of Scythe where they have mechs, it's just like no, we actually miniaturize specifically for colonoscopies and they go in and exam. <laughs> oh man. So it's yeah, almost like of... a tile exploration of a bow. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you have like, you know, that game viral where you actually play, you try oh, to like yeah. infect this dude um, without making him too sick or then, you know, all the, all the germs go away or something, which didn't make a lot of sense, but <laughs> Um, yeah, it could be something like in that line. It could be the the viral expansion, viral colonoscopy. That sounds terrible. Can you imagine like having to do like the content creation for that? Yeah. Be like, hey, I just got a review copy of viral colonoscopy. <laughs> oh dear. <laughs> Let's see how this goes. I could. I was thinking of a two player thing. Alternatively, of being like somebody has to sneak in infections or you know, problems into the, it, it could oh, so get like dark. a surprise colonoscopy. That's uh, that's a well, completely one different game. Like exploring it and has to find the problems, <laughs> you know, like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know where this uh, is going. Oh God. Well, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I, I have only myself to blame. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all week I've been having one in my head. That's just, and it's be, it's just because of my love of Idris Elba. Okay. And so it's just called Insert Idris Elba. Okay. And you insert him into movies that don't have him. Like, that's the whole idea there of being like, well, what if Star Wars had Idris Elba? You know, like, and then you have to play through Star Wars as Idris Elba. I don't know exactly what it would be. Interesting. So it could be like a, like maybe like a figure or something that you could just implement into different games. There'd have to be like a way. Oh to, my you know, gosh! <laughs> like you know, you'd have to have like a lot of components. Like he could be in like Imperial Assault, or you could put him into you know Dune, or uh, you, know, you could have like a, you could be one of the commanders uh, that you you know start off with. Yeah, that'd be that'd be fun. Yeah. Speaking of which, I watched it. I watched the new Suicide Squad. And I had very low expectations, but I thought it was I thought it was actually pretty good. It was fun. Yeah, like not yeah. Guardians level, but it was great. No. It definitely was a James Gunn movie, but yeah. uh, I, I definitely found myself laughing quite a bit watching that one. And Idris Elba, right? 
Great. Yeah, well, that was why I brought it up. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was like, uh, is this going to be good with Idris Elba? Of course it's going to be good with Idris Elba. Oh, that could be – maybe that's what you do is like you have different characters that Idris has played, you know, like Luther right. and uh, – who's his character in there? Uh, Hunter or – uh bloodsport bloodsport there we go yeah yeah and uh you just have all these different characters that he has and then you like invade other movies as those characters and try and like almost Ooh, area like some, control like some crossover yeah yeah yeah, yeah. no the, the 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 possibilities are endless yeah <laughs> anyways that's just because i'm obsessed with interest right now <laughs> Are are you uh, are you hoping he's going to be the next uh, James Bond? Or are you in that oh, camp? Oh yeah, I would love that. I you know I I would be I would certainly be open to somebody you know of color you know doing the role or even you know some people were talking about you know, they they had that other 007. Uh, I forgot that actress's name unfortunately, but um, yeah, she was a you know a black woman. You know they were talking about maybe having her take over as 007, yeah. not necessarily James Bond, but do a movie with her. Um, I'd be, I'd be down for watching that. Yeah, me too. I think, yeah, I think it'd yeah. be awesome. Like explore different avenues. I don't know. Like people with different bra- backgrounds or, or they don't even have to have like different backgrounds. Who cares? That's been my thing forever. Like, uh, changing out somebody for like a, a white hero for a black hero or right. whatever, any sort of person of color or changing it to a woman like awesome why not you know like <laughs> it yeah, should the, matter yeah the upcoming you know batman movie with robert pattinson uh zoe kravitz is playing catwoman yeah. and i'm really looking forward to that like I, to me like that's awesome like oh that's really interesting um really kind of like out of the box like casting i think um Although I mean, Halle Berry played the part say, like a long time ago, but well, that movie let's was not talk about that. terrible. <laughs> <laughs> that didn't work for lots of reasons. I don't, I don't blame Halle Berry, but no, no, yeah. no. That's all yeah. writing and yeah. directing and terribleness. Anyway, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Halle Berry's great. Yeah, for sure. And she did great w- with what she had. I think. Anyway, yeah, um, yeah. It was a completely different era for movies. So yeah, it, yeah, it was what it was. Yeah. Well, uh, let's close this out then. Sure. Why don't you share what you, uh, where people can find you? Share your social media stuff. Well, you can find me at Eclectic Camel on both Twitter and uh, Twitch. You can uh, just look me up there, all one word. Um, you can also find me on uh, Tuesdays on to Die For Games, although soon it is going to be changed to Salt and Sass. Um, I am occasionally on the Salt and Sass Twitch channel as well, uh, whenever she decides to do video games. But um, yeah, so I'll be part of them. I think I'm officially part of them, but I don't know. I don't know yet how if anything's really going to change in terms of like what my involvement is. I think it'll probably just end up being Tuesdays like it has been, and maybe occasionally showing up on the podcast. Um, I don't. I don't know. I haven't been told it's going to be any more than that. And I think they're still trying to figure out what they're doing. So. Um, yeah, but, uh, yeah, that's where you can find me. Um, I'm hoping to start doing some, uh, tutorial videos, uh, and kind of move into podcasting over the next, you know, few months. So, you know, follow me on Twitter and, and kind of track where I'm going with that. But, uh, hopefully that happens soon. Perfect. Yeah. And I'll, yeah. when that happens, I'll announce it on here too. And appreciate that. I like to keep people up to date of what past guests are doing. So 
Awesome. Speaking well, of it was, what? Oh, go ahead. It was really great being on. I, I definitely enjoyed the conversation. Oh, yeah. See, I'm glad I let you speak there because it's like compliment me, right? Yeah. <laughs> compliment <laughs> me. Compliment the show. Thank you. Feed me. <laughs> Normally, I would do the outro separate, like I recorded after, but I'm going to release this tomorrow, which is weird. Like in less than 12 hours, this should be airing. That's or amazing. Uh, so, yeah, there will be Some almost people- no editing. <laughs> Oh no! <laughs> tomorrow, tomorrow we can actually have a uh, conversation on Twitter about the uh, cold house being game. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh god, I'm waiting for somebody to at me about that one. That's going to be a good time. I say people in their 40s will probably feel it. Like, oh no, <laughs> <laughs> or they have felt it. They're yeah. like, mm. <laughs> too soon, too soon. <laughs> um, oh, good times. <laughs> so I'll do the quick plug stuff here at the end. Uh, you know, I like to support past people. So uh, Reality Escape Pod, Repod, their podcast just started season three, which is David Spira and PG Law. Both of them have been on the show and they talk about reality or escape rooms. Yeah, that's what they talk about. And their new episode is awesome. Like they talk to somebody who makes really immersive escape rooms, but all of their episodes aren't necessarily that way. Like they had Neil Patrick Harris on. They had... Uh, the creator of Exploding Kittens? I don't know. Like They just have pretty much experts in the industry uh, that come from all sorts of different backgrounds, and it's it's really interesting. Like They had a guy that does Smash Brothers like tournaments. It's cool. Cool, yeah. Uh, and then that's... I think that's really all the news I have right now of past guests. Everything else is... Everybody else is doing what they've been doing, so that's great. Uh, if you enjoy this show, rate it, share it with your friends, uh, leave a review, whatever it is. If you hate it, share it with your enemies so that you can have the last laugh. <laughs> and then that's it. Uh, right? Yeah. Take care of yourselves. Take care of your mental health. And until next week, keep nerding out. And then this part, you share a fond memory. Oh. To close out the show. Okay. So, fond memory. Involving board games. <laughs> oh, involving board games. Yeah, not just a fond memory in general. Well, okay. At least we could narrow it down. Uh, fond memory, board games. Uh, you know, the most recent one I had was just having, you know, all my, my grooms. I call my grooms folk because one of them was a lady. Um, you know, just... Just sitting down together, you know, the four of us, well, five of us, because it was the wife of one of the grooms and was also there, uh, and just playing a board game before my wedding and having like, you know, these are like my favorite people in the whole wide world. And, uh, you know, before my, who traveled from across the country to be here, you know, for my wedding and then, you know, moving into the wedding afterwards, just, that's a really strong memory. That's a really, that's a great memory. Um, so... I'm going to have to go with that one. Who who won it? Who won the game? I think I did. Oh, even better. All right. <laughs> You're like, <laughs> I, mean, for, I mean, for that game, that wasn't particularly important, you know, because I just wanted them to experience the game because it was one that I thought they would all enjoy. Um, they're all gamers, too. They, they tend to be uh, a little bit less so than, you know, maybe 10 years ago. But, uh, you know, they all still really enjoy playing and uh, being able to share that with them you know, on that day was just uh, here and having them all together was just really amazing. 
Yeah, that is really cool. Normally yeah. I stop it right there, but I'm also going to add in real quick. Thank you for coming on. This has been a lot of fun. Oh, absolutely. Now I've been, you know, I've been wanting to, I, I, I've been trying to support like lesser known, uh, you know, content creators. So I've been going, you know, listening to newer podcasts and, you know, newer, you know, YouTube channel, stuff like that, just to support other people. Cause people are taking the time to put stuff out there and it's like, you know, let's, let's, you know, give it, give it a shot. And, uh, I've really been enjoying listening to the podcast. I think it's good stuff. And I've been definitely been telling people about it. Thank you. Um, yeah, I, I think you're uh, I think you're a great host and looking forward to seeing what you move into with it. For sure. <laughs> well thanks. I'll just cut it out right there then. That's awesome.